Welcome to the Garden of Favor podcast, where we are committed to cultivating lives and businesses God's way, because when we do, we see the undeniable evidence of His favor. I'm warning you now, be prepared to cry and shout some yeses and amens as we ask ourselves the tough questions and get honest with God about what He wants to do in us and through us for the kingdom. Hi, sister friend, I'm Heather, teacher turned six-figure corporate exec, turned top 1% network marketer, turned living my best life, dream job as a mindset strategist and kingdom blueprints coach for Christian entrepreneurs. I believe your life is much like a garden and your business plays a major role in fulfilling your purpose and calling. Are you ready to get your mindset and your heart set in sync with the Father so you can bloom into all He's created you to be? Then let's grow, girl. Hey, hey, welcome back to A Garden of Favor. I am super excited about today's episode because you guys are bringing it over in the Garden of Favor Bloom Society. By the way, if you're not in the Facebook community, I encourage you get over there because there are some exciting things happening and some exciting things coming. And one of the things that I have been asking you all is if you could have a free business coach for one month, what would you like to work on? And so my team and I are compiling that list of questions, and this is the start of that. So get excited because some amazing things are coming. God has been releasing and revealing some hidden things that I have been asking him for years, and I'm super excited um, to be able to help more of you who would love to have a coach, but uh, financially, that has been in the obstacle for you. Literally, I asked that question also today on my stories or yesterday, I think. But I looked at the answer today and every single answer said finances. So money is a huge topic. Money mindset literally could have an entire podcast around money mindset. So there's so much to dive into there. Uh, but that was one of the questions. And so one of the questions was, does God want me to make a lot of money? Should I be content with where I'm at? Should I be grateful for what I already have? And is it okay for me to set big financial goals? So again, I like I said, we could have, I could have an entire podcast on this specifically, but I have a couple pages of notes that I'm going to try to get through in this episode, and I invite you to join the Garden of Favor Bloom Society, and if money is part of your mindset issue, or what I like to refer to as weeds, right? Our life is like a garden, our business is like a garden, and unfortunately, we know that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he also wants to distort your idea and understanding and definition of money. And this is one of the things that I work a lot with women on one-on-one, -on -one, so I am excited to bring some truth to you today. Like I said, I'm going to try to get as much as I can in today, but this conversation is going to continue um, in a really exciting place that I can't tell you all the details now, but go get into the Garden of Favor Bloom Society and I'll share with you later. So with that being said, does God want you to make a lot of money? This was a couple women expressed this and a lot of people were like, yes, 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 yes. And so there is this thing with Christian entrepreneurs, uh, I think that because we... 
have heard some different things in our lives and or there's a lot of reasons why, but I think Christian entrepreneurs struggle a lot with, should I want to make a lot of money? And does God even want that for me? So my first question to you is, this is going to be very much now, obviously I can't coach you one-on-one, but I want you to pretend like we are in a coaching session. I'm going to ask you some really straightforward but vulnerable questions that I want you to be honest with. Number one is, if this is an issue for you, money, I want you to ask, first of all, I want you to answer the question, what is a lot, I'm using air quotes, of money to you? What is a lot of money? What does that mean, first of all? So when you ask the question, does God want me to make money or does God want me to make a lot of money? My my first question is, well, can you define a lot of money? Because truth is, money is it's it's very neutral it is it is a thing right it's something but depending on our life situation circumstances um different things that have happened for us to us with us all the things right we will look at money in a different way but the reality is is money is is money money is is just money that's all it is but depending on the story that you have been told or the story that you have been telling yourself you will have a uh, your own idea of what money is. So the first question is, well, what is a lot of money to you? Is that $100,000? Is that a million dollars? Is that a billion dollars? Like, what what is that? Okay, so then my next question to you after that would be, well, what is money to you? Like, what does money mean to you? Now, I ask this to a lot of my clients, and I will say that the most common questions I get are that it, it's freedom, it's opportunity to um, live comfortably, it is a way to provide for my family, it is a way to invest in certain things, it's a way to be able to donate, it's a way to be able to give to causes that I'm really passionate about or it's a way to be able to bring my husband home or buy my kids certain things or start a nonprofit. I mean, I hear all of the things and and those are all those are all good things, right? Okay. But what is your definition if you could say like like what is money to you? Like the main thing, right? So I want you to just take a second and write that down. And then I have a follow-up question to that is, what do you think money is to God? What is money to God? Okay, so if we were in a one-on-one coaching session, I would be furiously writing things down really quickly and trying to pull out, you know, the things that the Lord reveals to me. Uh, that you're saying to to work on something, um, but we're not in that. So I'm going to keep going with asking you some questions because sometimes what we need to do is we need to actually sit with our thoughts and, and write them out and identify our thoughts. The reality is that our thoughts that are repeated over time, again, whether you have told yourself a story or your parents have told yourself a story or your grandparents or a teacher or your husband or whatever, th- thoughts that are repeated over time become beliefs. And we operate from a belief system. Like 
we make decisions based off of what we believe. And a belief is simply a thought that has been repeated over time. And in fact, it makes a neuropathway in our brain that we don't even have to stop and think about it. We Beliefs are automated. They are things that happen right away. I'm actually getting my neuro coaching certification, well, I can't even say it, neuroscience coaching certification this year. And it's a year long program and I am fascinated by it because the scripture be transformed by the renewing of your mind has always been so fascinating to me because it's in God's word that we can literally be transformed if we renew our minds. But I think what I have found is that sometimes we try to renew our minds over emotions and over a feeling rather than really getting to the root of the problem. So in this program that I'm doing, we call that symptom-based versus source-based. And really, to be honest, what's going to happen here probably is that you're going to feel really good after this podcast episode about the topic. But if you don't actually get to your own personalized root problem around your ideas of money, nothing changes. And so maybe that's why you've started Dave Ramsey and it sounded really good and you followed it for a month and you started to see results, but then slowly got off track and, and didn't follow through with that. Or, and it's really with anything, a diet or any changes in your life, it sounds really good in the moment, but if you don't get to the root source of the problem, not just the feeling of the problem, but the root sort of the source of the problem and change that, the neuropathway that's in your brain that has literally become a belief system for you around money, nothing will change. So if you would like a one-on-one coaching session um, specifically for me to help you identify what is your specific money story and your specific root weed in your garden that is holding you back from from whatever it is that the Lord is, is calling you to and, and has prepared for you, well, then you can certainly do that by emailing my team and I, and we will set that up. But let's keep going as if we are in this one-on-one coaching session, because I want you to sit with your thoughts. And then I want you to actually look at what you're writing on a piece of paper. And then I'm going to try to wrap this up and, and give you some other tips around this. So um, the question to you is, have you been told that money is evil? And do you believe that money is evil? Well, I know that in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says that the love of money is evil. But money itself is not evil, right? So the reality is that sometimes we've been told things, perhaps you've been told that rich people are, are not good people. And perhaps you even know about the story of the, um, you know, Jesus says, Jesus taught, a, listen, Jesus talks a lot about money, and there's a reason for that. In fact, in all of his 40 parables, I believe that he um, told, like 25, more than 25% of them were about money. So money is an important topic to God, so it's okay that we're talking about it. And if money makes you uncomfortable, then there's probably some weeds that you have in your garden, in your mind, around money. And hopefully, my goal today is to help you identify those weeds and pull them out. Okay, so... In Matthew 19, 24, we see that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to, to um, get to heaven, right? To, to get to the kingdom of God. And I think about that 
And I think, you know, we can hear that and we think, oh my goodness, like it's bad for us to have money. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say it was bad for a rich man to have money. He said that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a, of a needle. So he is warning us that money, There, he's warning us some things about money. And if you take a look at all the other parables that Jesus taught about money, you'll start to identify some things that the Lord wants to teach us about money. But money is not evil. There is not one verse in the Bible that says money is evil. And to answer your question is, what is money to God? If you are still a little bit uh, unsure of the answer there, money is simply a tool. It is a tool. And it is a tool that God gives us to use for good things. And the reality is that money reveals our hearts. And perhaps that's maybe some of the the wrestling that you're doing around the idea of money. Perhaps the Lord is sifting your heart and searching your heart and saying, hey, do you really have a good understanding of what money is? Because here's the reality. So I thought, here, okay, I, I share this often because, and I've thought about doing a specific episode on this, but saying, you know, I don't really personally believe in financial freedom. When I think of freedom, I think you are free to do anything that you want. And it's, and, uh, you know, freedom, right? I don't know what your definition of freedom is, but that's just, I think, freedom. It's like, yes, you're free to free to be. And the reason that I say that I don't believe in financial freedom is because I know that when I was running an eight-figure business and I was making more money in a month than I was in an entire year of teaching, there was no freedom Yes, there was freedom in the fact that I knew that a lot of money was coming in and I was excited about it, but I always ended that month with, thank you, God, for the blessings, but are you going to do it again? I don't know about you, but freedom doesn't include a but. Freedom is freedom. And so for me, I felt even more pressure. I felt even more tied to my business. I felt like I had even more to lose and I had more to prove and more to hustle and more to keep doing because if I were to lose that, oh my goodness. And guess what? I lost all of it, all of it. But what I found in losing all of that, I found Jesus on a deep, intimate level, and there is freedom in Jesus. Like, can I get an amen? And maybe, and I think God wants to get us to a place where we are not looking as at money to replace him, right? So he doesn't want us to look at money and think, that's my safety net. Is money bad? No, Jesus was not poor. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was not poor. Jesus was wealthy. And I'm going to give you some things to think about. I don't know how, what kind of a church you were raised in or what you've been told about Jesus. um, But I want to give you some thoughts to think about when you think about Jesus. Okay. But all that to say, does God want you to make money? The question is, I, I, I don't know. I don't know your heart. But I do know that God is a good father 
And I do know that money is one of the many ways that he blesses us. One of the many ways. I actually already have an episode at all around four reasons that you're not making more money. It's episode 22. I don't want to repeat that episode. I want to go a little deeper. So if you are still, if money's kind of a big thing for you, go listen to episode 22 and, and, and book a call with me. But what I want to get to you today is that I don't know the answer if God wants you to make a lot of money. I don't know what your mindset is around money, but what I do know is that when you have a healthy mindset around money, the Lord, the Lord wants to use that. And I'm, I always tell people and my clients and my community that the two things the Lord continues to work out in me is money and pride. Kind of funny that I'm doing an episode on this because the Lord continues to reveal to me truth about money. The only reason why I have a couple pages of notes here to try to share with you because there's so much the Lord has shared with me. To be honest, most of my episodes, I make three or four points and I run from it. This one, I was a little more anxious because I'm like, I don't have it all figured out. And I know that money can trip me up too. I know, I know that it can. And so I come, I'm sharing these things from a very humble place, not saying... I've got all this figured out, but what I do know is the Lord has taught me so much and he has brought me freedom that no amount of money can buy. No amount of money. To the point of when I was 27 weeks pregnant with my third child and lost everything from a from our our large our largest business at the time that was bringing in an income that was allowing my husband to be home. And I mean, I had no energy to start a new business at 27 weeks pregnant. But the Lord provided and he did allow me to build another one very quickly. Um, All that to say, I had learned to rely on Jesus and my heavenly father to be my provider. And that I didn't have to work harder. I I had to learn how to trust deeper. That doesn't mean we don't work hard. That doesn't mean that we don't give our best. The Lord asks us to give our best. And he says a person who doesn't work for their own wages, they're not going to get food on their table. So that's, that's, it's not about being lazy and, you know, rubbing a genie lamp and hoping he gives you a lot of money. But I found freedom in knowing that my Lord and Savior, God is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I believe that to the depths of my soul. And the only way that I learned that, listen, I have read that verse my whole life. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I mean, that verse I have heard my whole life. Let me tell you, that verse transferred from a head knowledge of being able to repeat Psalm 23 to my head, in my head, to my heart by losing everything and literally, literally looking at the Lord as my shepherd and believing that I lack nothing. Money is a tool. It is not freedom. Does it provide us room to breathe? Sure. Which is why I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if God wants you to have a lot of money or not. But what I do know is it is a tool. And when it's in a tool is in the right hands of the right person, really amazing, incredible things can be done. Money reveals our hearts. And Jesus uses money to reveal our true priorities. Look at your bank statement right now. What do you spend the most of your money on? Are you giving back to the Lord a portion? Are you tithing? Are you giving to other people? Are you keeping it all for yourself? 
Are you being smart with your money? Being responsible with your money? Are you being a good steward? I don't know the answer to that question, but you do and God does. Money is not evil. Money is a tool. Now, my next question to you in a coach is, is do you love money? Have you agreed with the spirit of mammon? And if you don't know about that, I encourage you to look it up. Um, I had a coach ask me the same question. I thought, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What is that? Look it up. The spirit of mammon. Do you need to repent for believing that money, that you, this, that you're, you have a wrong understanding of money. Now, on the opposite of the spirit of mammon, there's the other side of that, which is the poverty spirit, right? Where it's you stay stuck in this lack mindset that there's not enough and that, you know, perhaps that well, you should be thankful for what you have. Well, yes, you should be thankful for what you have. However, God takes us from glory to glory. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. And uh, I mean, it is so, it's so hard. Listen, I, the way that I was like the, some of the things that I was taught growing up and the things that I'm looking at now, I think that we're all going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, yeah, not quite what I meant by that. And I see judgy, judgy religious sides on both sides. I really do where it's like, um, you know, everyone's going to judge what you say. So I think I'm always, always, always my advice to you is to take this to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is, um, it will help you discern but the truth is that money is a tool. Money is not evil. And we should not partner with the spirit of mammon, but we also should not partner with the poverty spirit, the opposite side, right? So I want to talk a little bit about Jesus not being poor. So I think because we hear the story, the Christmas story that Jesus was born in a stable, which by the way, I've done a little bit of research of that and, um, there might be evidence that shows he wasn't necessarily born in an actual barn, um, but in a house, in like a back room where the animals fed. I don't know. It was interesting. I'm not going to go deep there. But anyways, we know the Christmas story that um, Hallmark puts together, right? So, if, for example, even the Magi, which is part of what I'm going to tell you about today, the Magi did not visit Jesus when he was in a manger. Did you know that? The Magi who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus actually visited him probably around two-ish years old. It took them, I forget, like a thousand, they had to travel, I think, around like a thousand miles to get to Jesus. So they they didn't see him in the barn, if he was even born in a barn. Um, So again, that like hallmark story that we have together that it shows the three wise men. I even have the little nativity scene for my kids but I'm like oh man this isn't even real like this isn't even how it really went down it's fascinating what you can study um and and uncover um as you just spend more time with the Lord and and start asking questions I want to encourage you all ask questions you do not have to take face value what a pastor tells you because a pastor was probably told that same thing from somebody else, or perhaps he discerned. And I mean, pastors are incredible and we need pastors. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you, if you have given your life to the Lord, you have asked the Lord, you have identified him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you've asked Jesus into your heart and you have the Holy Spirit residing in you, then you have the ability to have discernment. And so, 
pray for an increase in discernment and wisdom when you're hearing different things. I think that's part of my biggest revelation growing and getting older is like I didn't have to believe everything that I was told just because I was told it. I've been experiencing God on my own. And that is such a beautiful, 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 intimate place to be with the Lord. But let's get back to Jesus not being poor. So let's talk about those magi, those the three wise men that traveled I don't know, a thousand plus miles to get, and don't, I'm I'm not like, I don't have all these notes written down, like the factual thing. So please don't quote me. I'm just speaking off the top of my head of what I can remember, but they traveled a long time, got to him when he was about two-ish years old and they bring him all these gifts, like all these gifts because he was royalty. Jesus is royalty. And let me ask you, is royalty poor? God owns everything. Scripture says that, that God owns everything that is in, in, in the world. He owns everything, all the cattle on a hill. And I mean, there's so many scriptures about God owns it all. So is, and Jesus is the son of God. He is an heir of the kingdom, right? And you are a co-heir. Does that speak poor to you? It doesn't to me. I think one of the verses that always tripped me up when I was growing up was poor in spirit. Poor in spirit does not mean financially poor. Poor in spirit means a a humbling, an understanding that you have a desperate need of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, every single day. Poor in spirit. And we are actually supposed to be led by our spirit. So it's almost like that wanting to come to Jesus to fill up our cup every single day and, and recognizing we need him to do life to the fullness But it doesn't mean financially poor. Two different things. So depending on what what you were taught about money, there's a really good chance that that is forming your um, opinion of that. So let's look at the Bible. So Jesus not being poor. Again, the Magi bring him crazy expensive gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's probably assumed that they brought more than that. They didn't just bring this, just bring that. They brought him he's royalty and they wanted to lavish over him, like treat him like royalty. And so you think about Joseph and Mary were poor. They were. But then all of a sudden they have this baby, the savior of the world. And they, um, they had, they all of a sudden were able to move. Like all of a sudden these kings come and then they were able to move. Um, that in and of itself, where did that money come from? Well, I would have to assume that that came from the ability, their ability to have, they had finances through the gifts that the three wise men brought to Jesus. It's like now their family had this big inheritance that they didn't even know. Perhaps you have an inheritance that you don't even know about. And God's waiting on a timing. And there is inheritance, there is tre- storing our treasures here on earth, and they're storing our treasures here on heaven, in heaven. And, and I think the Lord wants to make sure that we understand the difference and that the importance is on understanding, well, he wants to know our hearts, right? But that eternally, we want to have riches in heaven. But I, scripture also says we're supposed to leave, leave, um, leave stuff for our children, well, how do you do that if you're not smart with your money? So I want to, um, Jesus being poor, another thing about thinking about his ministry. So they think, you know, you think about Jesus traveled and they didn't really have a house and they, you think about these, um, almost like hitchhikers, right? Just like constantly traveling around him and the disciples. But I want to give you some food for thought. Minus the fact that, 
Um, Jesus, so I've done a little bit of studying and some people have done some studies saying that they think Jesus was worth about a half a million dollars just because of the gifts that the three wise men gave him and thinking that probably other people gave gifts too, but let's just go with that. So if Jesus was worth a half a million dollars back then, I mean, you just got to say like, was Jesus poor? No, that's crazy fascinating to me, right? And then you think about Jesus being on this journey and at 33, you know, there, um, or at 30, sorry, 30 to 33 was his ministry here on earth. But from 30 to 33, he's traveling with all these disciples and they, you know, they don't have food and, and they, Jesus turns the, the fish and the loaves into enough for 5,000 people, all that. But I want to give you some food for thought on that. So, um, Judas, who we know is the one who betrayed Jesus, um, in the garden and that's when Jesus was crucified. But Judas was the, um, he was known for stealing out of the, he was like a treasurer for Jesus. Well, let me ask you, do you have a treasurer? Like, do you have enough money? And maybe today that would be like a, an estate, um, someone, I don't even know the name of it, but, um, like, do you have somebody who's watching over all your money? Do you have a, um, someone who watches over your stocks or like, do you have a lot to manage? If you don't, then you probably, I mean, if you probably don't have a lot of money, but if you have a lot of, um, things to manage, then you would have somebody helping you do that. Jesus needed somebody to be a treasurer for him and, and them. And Judas was known for taking from that. Let me ask you this. If you had $10 in your wallet, and that's all you had until your next paycheck. And you knew that. And listen, I have been in a humbling place where zero in my bank account and I only had X amount of dollars. If a dollar went missing, I would know. Do you, you, you see what I'm saying? Is that Judas was would regularly steal from the disciples and Jesus like their money. If they had, if they had only a little bit of money, they would probably know. And they would quickly be able, like, who is stealing our money? But you got to think about it. It makes me think that they had so much money that they weren't even tracking every single, well, that was his job to track the, track every single penny, but they didn't, he was taking an, taking an amount that they didn't even realize. I don't know about you, but that doesn't scream poor to me. Um, in addition to that, I, there was, a, there was a, um, a little bit of research I was doing about, um, Mary, Jesus's mother, being able to be a basic, her Joseph um, died. And so she was able to take care of Jesus. I mean, you gotta think a widow, like how did she make money? I don't know, was it was it part of the inheritance that Jesus got at, at birth? So I just wanna give you those things. And listen, people, this is what people do for their job. So I'm not, I'm not a historian and I haven't dug, dug super deep, but they have been really awesome thoughts for me to, wait a second, what have I been told and what is the Holy Spirit revealing to me? All right, so let's think about this too. Were there rich people in the Bible? Yeah, Job. I feel like Job because I lost it all. <laughs> and I've sat in the dirt and some of you have sat in the dirt with me and allowed me to cry. Um, and I so appreciate that. But Job, Job made a lot of money. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live. Solomon. He was, he had riches and the queen came to see him just based on his wisdom, but he lavished over his guest, right? Abraham, 
Esther. Esther was a queen. You don't think she had access to money? And these are godly people, right? Not that they were all perfect. Actually, I mean, everyone's a sinner, right? We all need Jesus, poor in spirit. But think about these people that we read about. There were many, many wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people in the Bible. Joseph, hello. Now, you got to think about his story. He didn't get his promise right away, but he did He did inherit a lot, right? I also think of the Proverbs 31 woman. It says that she wanted a field and she bought it. We talk a lot about Proverbs 31 and the Christian women's circle of like, we want to be like her, but look at her. It seems like she was very good with her finances. She was smart with her business strategies. She had money to buy fields and to invest in businesses. And I also think about the couple that made a room for Elisha in Shunem. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I knew that somebody was traveling through my city and I decided that, well, I recognize, oh, they're a, they're a, a holy person. They are anointed by God. Like, let's build a, let's build a, a, a studio apartment for them. To have the finances to be able to build a little studio apartment next to our house or attached to our house, I mean, that's a big deal. So money, God gave a lot of amazing people, a lot of people money to do amazing things. Right? Any, if we are amazing, it's because God is in us, right? But God gave so many people in the Bible a lot of money. And the thing is, is what did they do with that money? Now, there's also other people like Pharaoh. You have to think he was a king, so he had access to a lot of men, but he was, God hardened his heart. Money reveals our hearts. And so my question to you is, what is your heart telling you about money? Money is not evil. So does God want you to make a lot of money? The question, my answer to you is, I don't know. I don't know. Where is your heart in all of this? God wants, but God does use money in incredible ways to help us to do incredible things. Money is like dust to God, literally. He could blow like a million dollars your way today that's the God we serve. He could blow a billion dollars. I don't know. I always think like, I'm like, George, do we have some family relative? <laughs> have you ever had those, um, I don't know, those spam emails or phone calls saying that you're, um, yeah, you have an inheritance from some family member, but I'm like, Hey, I don't know. I, that's the God I can serve. The God I serve can do anything. Um, but here is where I want, this is what I want to leave you with. Cause this is a lot of food for thought. Again, I could talk about this in a hundred different ways, but really the, the beauty of, of what I do is I get to help you identify the weed that is in your garden. I can tell you all the things that the Lord has taught me about money that has changed my mindset, that has helped me realize that money is not my safety net. Money is not my answer to happiness. Money is not what I'm chasing after. I'm chasing after Jesus, but I know when I chase after quality, quantity always follows and quantity is not always money but it is one of the many things that god will bless us with because we are stewards and when we do good things when good people get money good things happen and trust me god wants to do good things through you but the reality is that god wants to do a work in you in your mind and in your heart before he can do the work through you so does God want you to make a lot of money? 
Well, first of all, I don't know what your definition of a lot is. Two, I don't know what God's plans for you are, but I do know God wants you to do good things and he does want you to be satisfied, but truly satisfied in him because I will tell you, I am much happier today. I am much, I would not take away losing what I thought was the creme de la creme of all businesses as far as financially, right? Um, I wouldn't take losing that away because God's taught me so much about money. And now I have a better and healthier relationship with money because I know that money is simply a tool and God likes to give tools to the people to, to steward them well to advance God's kingdom. And ultimately, that is what it's all about. It's advancing God's kingdom. Does he want you to have a nice house? Yes, I think so. Again, nice is relative. Does that mean a million dollar home? Does that mean, you know, just a clean home? We can get so wrapped up in the things that we forget to remember the giver of the things, right? We can be chasing after the gifts more than the giver. And at the end of the day, then what does that mean? Well, that means that money has become an idol. So question, is money an idol to you? Is Are you searching after money and seeking after money more than you're seeking after God? That's a question that you would need to spend with the Lord. However, imagine if you had a budget of $1 million. I'm going there. Not even going to say 100000 I'm going to say a million dollars. If you had a budget of a million dollars, what would you do with it? No, really. Like, sit with the Lord on this. What would you do with a million dollars? Be honest. Do I think that God wants us to enjoy life here on earth? Absolutely, I do. I like nice things. I do. And I don't feel the need to apologize for that. However, the Lord has showed me in some very humbling ways that the car I drive does not equal my value. The amount of money I have in my bank account does not represent how much God loves me. The type of clothes I wear or whatever, the amount of money I make in my business, listen, my my success became my identity. And I think maybe that's part of what your spirit is wrestling with with your flesh is that is this money thing being an identity or not? It's not your identity, but it is 100% a tool that the Lord will use and I believe wants to use and put it into the right hands. So so the thing is, is, is prepare your heart and your hands so that you can receive what he has for you. Maybe he has a million dollars for you. And this is what I want to challenge you with that I've done um, kind of a workshop in uh, my Facebook community before about a money mind map. Uh, you can actually go find that teaching in the group. And I walk through like, okay, what does this look like? A money mind map is, I want to challenge you, put the number that you have, because when you say a lot of money, right, I want you to put that number in the center of a, of a circle, put that number there. And then from that bubble, I want you to put, you know, X amount of other bubbles, how many ever you're going to need. And I want you to sit with the Lord and tell him where that money is going. God, if you give me a million dollars, this is what I want to do with it. And here's what I equate that to. If your child came to you today and said, mom, can I have a thousand dollars? What would be your first question or your first response to them? My first response would be, honey, 
What do you want to use $1,000 for? What do you need $1,000 for? God is asking you that same question today. I would, if my kids came to me and asked me for $1,000 and they told me what they wanted to do with it and it was good, I would want to give them $1,000. Do you think that our Father in Heaven would hold back something good from you if he knew you were going to do something good with it and it was in alignment with his plans for you? I love the verse that says, if we are evil and you know we want to give our kids, I'm paraphrasing by the way, if we want to give our kids good things, do you not think the Father in heaven wants to give us good things? I think money is part of the good things, but what I do know is that God also wants to make sure that our hearts don't ever put money before God. That money doesn't become the idol. That money doesn't become the safety net. That money doesn't become the sole focus. It's just a tool, sister friend. That's it. Like we give money way more power than it is. Well, because that's what our world says. Our world says that people who have money have power. I don't know about you, but I have the power of the Holy Spirit and so do you. And that is powerful and more powerful than anything. I have so many money stories and I tend to share them in my, you know, just more intimate settings. Like I have so many money stories that the Lord, like I said, continues to reveal to me the weeds that I have had in my garden and potentially the weeds that I, you know, still have as I'm working through money, money mindset. Money is a tool. And Jesus uses money to reveal our true priorities and to reveal our hearts. But money in the hands of a good person, those who are faithful with the little, God already says, if you're faithful with the little, I know that you will be faithful with much. So back to our original question, does God want you to make a lot of money? I don't know. Ask him. And ask him and, and have, a, have a real heart to heart with your father who loves you so much. The good daddy, the good Abba father that he is. Have a money mind map brainstorming session with the Lord and say, God, I would love to make, just like your kid coming to you saying, Mommy, can I have $1,000? Okay, well, what are you going to do with that? Have a heart to heart with your father and sit down with him and say, Lord, this is what I would like, and this is what I would do with that. If you trusted me with that kind of money, here's what I would do. And that mind map will start to reveal to you all the things. And it'll set a, a plan in place and, and a, a rough draft of potentially what that could look like. I know that the Lord does exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. But I also know that the Lord wants to know that our hearts are in the right place. And so maybe there's just a little bit of heart surgery that needs to be done. And that's what the Lord is maybe, like I said, your spirit and your flesh, they're like wrestling with each other. But money is not a bad thing. Money is an amazing tool that God uses to advance his kingdom. And God wants to work with us. So I challenge you to really dig deep and get to the root of what are your thoughts and your mindset around money and is it in alignment what, with what God says about money? You are a daughter of a king, a co-heir.
Can he trust you with what he has for you, with what he wants to give you? All right. This is a, a lot, but this is so necessary. Like I said, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one session to figure out what your specific roots and, and weeds are in your garden, I would absolutely love the honor and pleasure to be able to work through some of that with you. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being our everything. Thank you for being our good shepherd, that you are all we need. We lack nothing. And God, you are a good, good father. And you do give more than we could ever ask or imagine. So Father, I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal in the ears of the women listening to this any misconceptions and, and misunderstandings of money that she may have revealed to her where something is a little off that you want to get it into alignment with your definition of money and your purpose for money. God, money is not a safety net. You are our safety net. Money is not evil. The love of money is evil. And if we can love you first and foremost, God, we chase after the quality. You are the quality. God, you promise that the quantity will, will follow. And, and whatever that looks like, that could very well be money and and whether that's a substantial amount in our minds or not god it is enough and father we pray that we are good stewards that we are being faithful with the little that we have now to show you that we will be good stewards with the increase that you give us god you take us from glory to glory and we thank you for that father we love you we thank you we praise you and we ask all of this in your precious and holy name amen mm -hmm.